Hey yo, what's poppin' ladies, gentlemen, your fellas, your fellas, your fellas, four games on a Thursday and we're here to break it down for you. We're gonna first smack you with who's injured, injury and status dashboard, who balled too hard, who got the health knocked down of him too hard, who got smacked around too hard on the court. Then we're getting into the early interests as we usually do here daily on this channel. And then also, if you're not familiar, if you're just finding me for the first time or you're just not familiar in general for whatever reason at this point, I'll give you a little tap on the on the shoulder and let you know that at 4 p.m. East Coast time for an hour to sometimes an hour and a half, depending on how the stream is going, we are live taking your questions. Um, maybe we'll slide that into a little bit later on today as well. Maybe go till 5, 5.30 live on this channel. So if you hit the notification bell, that subscribe button, all that stuff, it'll let you know when we're going live. We have content from PGA on this channel. A new NBA show is going to be releasing a short-term, a short-form show uh, that's going to be like 10 minutes in the afternoon starting next week. We have an MMA stream tonight at 7 p.m. East Coast time with Manpreet as well, trying to give you as much quality, informative, and entertaining content as we possibly can and grow this bad boy even more. If you're watching this right now, you obviously like the NBA, but let me know if you also would like some season-long NFL stuff, like some free agency videos, some leading up to the draft videos, that's something that I can definitely start to cook up on my end and also find some other creators to start to cook up on this channel as well. Let me know if that's of interest to you, if that's something that you would tune into. But right now, you're obviously looking for your DFS. You're obviously looking for your fix, right? You're scratching your neck. Where's the NBA DFS picks out? Where they at? We're going to get there. We're going to get through these injury and status dashboard first. So I appreciate that. Before we do, got to let you know that Superdraft, the presenting sponsor of the show, we have a pretty nice promotion coming out that I can maybe hopefully announce later today from Superdraft for the NFL. Nice contest that all the fellas will be able to get into. Some cool, cool contest features there. Some nice prize pools. So outside of that, though, Superdraft's a multiplier format. Superdraft, we talk on the Thursday or on the live stream later today on Thursday, but live stream every day here on this channel in the NBA about some Superdraft picks, things like that. People seem to be having success. And yesterday's 12-game slate led to a lot of really good Superdraft plays. So it was an interesting slate to where you can fade Luka and Jokic, where on like four-game slates, you usually don't want to do that because they're projected so highly. Yesterday, you could fade them. Today's looking like a couple of guys are standing out. We have Superdraft projections linked down below, but it's a multiplier format. So you just multiply the points times their multiplier. Like today, you have Jimmy Butler with a 1.2x multiplier. Now, if he scores 50 points, you multiply that by 1.2x. He gets an extra 20% points on top of that 50 points, so like an extra 16 points and change, right? Somewhere around there. That's very good to see, right? That's very nice. That's what the multiplier benefit is going to come in. It's not about salaries. It's not about how good of a player you are. It's about how good your multiplier is compared with your talent. So be sure to check it out. There's projections down below to help you on Patreon. And then also, 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 if you use the code SAL, S-A-L, they'll give you a free money bonus up to $8,000. Ruskies. It's a thousand dollar Ruskies in a slow drip format. Use that code SAL, S-A-L, lets them know that you came from me. So we can start off with the injury and status dashboard. Christian Wood is probable and expected to return today with the ankle. So the days of playing, and look, 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 we weren't going to get a cheap Demarcus Cousins anyways. He's above 7K at 7,200. But the days of playing him at a 5 and 6K price tag and him dropping 40 on people's head tops or 50 on people's head tops for us are over. When Christian Wood has been on the court so far this season, you're seeing really his fantasy point production be 1.31 fantasy points per minute, a 27.6% usage rate. And it really knocks a lot of these other guys, even John Wall in 100. 55 minutes playing with Christian Wood this year, just 0.99 fantasy points per minute. Oladipo in just 56 minutes now, he's up to like 1.5 fantasy points per minute because he was playing without Harden when he wasn't there. Obviously, they traded for each other and he wasn't playing with John Wall on the court. So that's a little bit too small of a sample. It's like two games in there. And one of those games is Oladipo's first game where he really balled out without John Wall. But if you're looking at everything else, David Nwaba, who's been coming on as of late, I'm sure people today are going to say, hey, say it's Sal, what about David Nwaba? Well, two games ago, he was 3,800. Now he's $5,100. And with Christian Wood on the court, he averages just 0.7 fantasy points per minute. And he's only seeing a 12.9 percent usage rate. Now, some of the game when Christian Wood starts, and I assume Nawaba continues to come off the bench, well, half these minutes or so are going to be Nawaba if he plays, let's just say, in that 25-26 minute range. Well, half of them will be with Christian Wood off the bench, and that's where Nawaba starts to go from 0.7 fantasy points per minute and a 13% usage rate to a 15.5% usage rate and 0.8 fantasy points per minute. The bigger issue here is that he's now 5,100, and even if he goes for his 24 to 26 fantasy points, it's not really helping you all that much on a four-game slate. We now get into the Clippers where Kawhi, Paul George, and Pat Beverly now for the second straight game are out. 
out Kawhi and Paul George for health reasons and Pat Beverly for his knee. We don't really have a huge sample here, right? So we can just look at what happened in that last game because it's the only game where we've seen all three of these guys out when the Clippers lost by nine, 108 to 99 to the Atlanta Hawks. If I take Paul George and Pat Beverly and Kawhi Leonard all off the court in any on-off tool, there's going to be no minutes left. If I just take Kawhi Leonard and Paul George off, you're going to have like one guy that's played 100 minutes like Terrence Mann and some garbage time runs. So that's not really indicating us all that much, right? You get the last game from these guys and then people's garbage time run because most of the time when Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Pat Beverly are off the court, it's because it's just garbage time in the last couple of minutes of the game. So in that last game, we were, we were kind of saying that there's a chance Terrence Mann can start in this situation over Lou Williams. They like Lou Williams coming off the bench. And then after that, they don't really have any other guards to go to. And Terrence Mann started and he played 34 minutes. He started and closed out the game. All five of the starters who were Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Serge Ibaka, Reggie Jackson, and Nicholas Patum, they all started that game. They all closed out that game and they all played 28 or more minutes. So Terrence Mann is going to be in play yet again. They only ended up running in nine man rotation and Amir Coffey played 12 minutes, not somebody you're ever going to really play. Marcus Morris played 24 minutes off the bench. He's somebody that is at his price point right now is still in play today, but that was a little bit disheartening. I had him projected for about 28 to 29 minutes. Lou Williams continued, like we said, he only played 14 minutes when all those guys were healthy. Is he going to be able to get into the upper 20s? Well, he only played 22. That's a concern coming off the bench. Zubak with 18 off the bench is pretty status quo behind Serge Ibaka's 29 minutes of play. So it's kind of the starters again. So we'll see if the starting lineup changes if Marcus Morris enters the starting lineup for Nicholas Batum. But I'm basically just looking at the starters at this point, and then maybe we give a little bit of a nod to Marcus Morris. But at Lou Williams' price point and his minutes, just even when guys are out now, this is like the third or fourth time this year with guys are out, the minutes just don't come up. For whatever reason, the minutes just don't come up right now. They have more of an investment into the future in guys like Terrence Mann, which makes sense. They have a current investment right now that they've paid to a guy like Luke Kennard and also Nicholas Batum. So it makes sense that they're seeing some time. And as a wise man once says, it just is what it is, Lou. So now going down to Miami, if we want to look at Miami, it's going to be kind of a head scratcher. Like we're going to have to see what happens with Phoenix and Miami today in terms of we don't have injury news on some of the guys who missed yesterday. These teams are on back-to-backs. And Jimmy Butler, he's he's done. He's off of the COVID list. But now it's just conditioning concerns. He missed yesterday's game. Goran Dragic got ruled out with a groin yesterday. Tyler Hero got ruled out with a neck yesterday. So yeah, if all these guys were to miss again, we'll fire up a BAM at $9,200, right? He looks decent at least. Fire up a Kendrick Nunn who played upper 30s, 39 minutes yesterday. Now the game blew out yesterday as the Denver Nuggets won 109 to 82 against this team. So it's really hard to judge who the closers were going to be. But the starting lineup actually was Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Kelly Olenek. Makes some sense. But then Casey Okopala ended up starting as well. He didn't really do anything, but he did play 26 minutes. He closed out the game in garbage time. In the first half, in the first quarter, he played the first 10 minutes. He ended up seeing about 14, 13 and a half, 14 minutes in that first half in general. Again, not a good fantasy point for minute producer. So if he starts again, he's a $3,000 minimum. You can at least look at him. But we have to see what happens here. Because if one of these guys plays, if Tyler Hero, Dragic, or Butler plays, just one of them plays, they start to become the priority at cheap price points. If two of them plays, it's going to depend on who. Goran Dragic's price tag is nice. Tyler Hero, I'm probably not playing unless Jimmy Butler is out at that $7,400 tag. And then I'm playing Jimmy Butler if he's in. If he's in and they're saying, okay, we don't have to put a minutes limit on him. He's conditioned. He's well. It wasn't an injury. It was just health reasons. At $7,500, he becomes too cheap. And again, on Super Draft at that 1.2x multiplier, he starts to look pretty good. But outside of the starters, you saw Avery Bradley play 18 minutes in that game. You only got Andre Godawa playing 16 off the bench. Gabe Vincent playing 12 and a half off the bench. And like four of those were garbage time minutes at the end. So it's really just the starters here. If these three guys were to miss again, I would prioritize this as Kendrick Nunn and Bam Adebayo. If you want to just punt with a 3K Casey Coppola and hope that he gets you 19 or 20 fantasy points, be my guest. I probably won't be going there. It would be Kendrick Nunn, Bam Adebayo, and then probably Duncan Robinson in that order if all three of these fellas were to miss again. To Phoenix, we go similar to Miami. A lot of guys, we have to see what the tags are looking like. Darius Arch, we already know is out. We saw Cameron Payne get ruled out with a questionable where he was out with a foot yesterday. Now he's questionable today. And then Devin Booker is out yesterday with a hamstring. He missed the front end of the back-to-back as well. He's questionable today. So we have to see what happens with Booker because obviously yesterday DeAndre Ayton looked like a good play, one of the top plays, and then he gets a ton of rebounds. He just can't put the ball in the net. Doesn't see a lot of shooting opportunities. Jay Crowder shoots in, in the teens again, in the mid-teens with 16 attempts. Really takes away from DeAndre Ayton's attempts. And you saw Chris Paul do what he does best, right? And he continues to play well. He continues to average over a fantasy 
point per minute or over 1.2, averaging now 1.23 fantasy points per minute, a 47.4% assist percentage without Devin Booker on the court. So yeah, if you're not going to have Devin Booker out there, Chris Paul becomes a priority. DeAndre Ayton, probably not as much of a priority, not because he just played poorly yesterday. He's still a fine fantasy point per minute producer, and I still like him, but the price point one is coming up. And if Devin Booker was to miss again, okay, now it's coming up and it's, it's kind of reflecting that as it jumps by $700 today. And you have some other guys in his price range. You have Christian Wood coming back. You have Anthony Davis, who we can talk about. You have Bam and Abayu. You have a lot of these other guys on this slate that are starting to say, okay, well, these guys are all around his price range. I know what I'm getting out of these guys for a couple hundred dollars more. I'd probably lean that way. So you're going to have Chris Paul looking good. You saw Javon Carter pick up 20 plus minutes off the bench, mainly because there was no Cameron Payne in this game, would be my guess. You saw the starters be the same guys that closed it. Chris Paul, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, and Cam Johnson. Now, everybody's price points have come up. So if Booker returns, a lot of these guys become just not valuable at all. Cam Johnson at 32 minutes, Jay Crowder at 33 minutes. Both of those guys are in play for me. I know Crowder's had the good games the last two games out. He's taking a lot of shot attempts. If that continues, he'll continue to be a good play. But both of those guys just kind of seem like similar plays because they'll get similar minutes and likely more times than not opportunities. Crowder, again, more shot attempts lately, though. Mikel Bridges' price point has come up to 6K. Had a bad game just like Aiton in the last game, which was yesterday. I hope that keeps his ownership low because he continues to play pretty massive minutes, playing 35 minutes in that past game. And it just comes down to, can he get his shot to fall? He ended up shooting 3 of 13 in that game. Well, Mikel Bridges at $6,000. If he just shoots 6 or 7 of 13 and actually has a decent shooting night, he's going to come through for you more times than not. Just shot 1 of 6 from 3-point land. If he's going to get that much shot attempts in that many minutes at $6,000 on a 4K slate, Mikel Bridges is going to probably be appealing for me. And then lastly, in Portland, we have Robert Covington out. In their last game, they were missing Robert Covington. They were also missing Rodney Hood. But you saw Carmelo Anthony start and close that game, and he played almost 35 minutes, and he played very well. 22 real-life points in that game. The rest of the starters were Cantor, Derek Jones Jr., Gary Trent, and Damian Lillard. Pretty similar starters there. Both Robert Covington out again. I'm assuming that Carmelo Anthony is going to start again. Now, maybe he doesn't play 35 minutes just because, in general, that's a lot. Rodney Hood returning to rotation maybe just naps another minute or two off of him. But Carmelo Anthony is going to likely start in place again with Robert Covington out with a concussion. So now I take you to the early interest. If you're watching on YouTube, don't worry. The guys on the screen right now are not my only early interest. We will scroll as we go. Hit that like button for me. And the big, big, big one is the subscribe button. And tap that notification bell. Not a lot of people, there's going to be a couple thousand of you that watch this. Not a lot of people are tapping the notification bell because they just don't know about it. It's just going to let you know when we're going live, which is going to be a couple times. If you want to check out some of the new MMA content that's going to be coming out tonight at 7 p.m. at Q&A with Manpreet or just a 4 p.m. live stream with myself, ask me if you just want to hop in for literally one minute. See the notification, you hit it. You want to hop in for one minute, you just see it. And you're like, yeah, maybe not today, but tomorrow I'll go into it. Notification bell helps this channel grow a lot. I appreciate all the support that we continue to get. And again, let me know in the comments, would you like to see some season long, you know, free agency videos, draft videos for the NFL for the upcoming next year? Let me know about that and we can do some things with that. So starting it up in Detroit today, you know, Mason Plumley is going to be an early interest of mine because there's not that much value on the slate. And there's two guys who are going to, and you see them both on the screen right now, and Jason Mason Plumley and then a center from Golden State and James Wiseman. There's two guys who are going to offer you some value at the center position today. And I think Mason Plumley will be the one who's lower on. You have James Wiseman playing nice as of late, seeing mid 20s and minutes pretty often now and just had a 36 point game the last time he was out there Mason Plumley has seen his minutes come up as of late but hasn't been anything uh, fantastic right in the last game Blake Griffin didn't play is that a reason why 28 minutes in back-to-back games now for Mason Plumley, but he's been good this year right averaging 0.99 fantasy points per minute so right on the one fantasy point per minute playing the third most minutes on this team staying healthy with a 58.6 percent overall true shooting percentage it's not just a rebounding rate that's nice for Mason Plumley. he's also seeing right now around a 17 percent usage rate so he's active on this team but then you factor in his team leading rebounding rate at around 25 percent and he starts to look good I think that there's 
there's a chance today that Mason Plumlee is going to be like half as owned as a James Wiseman, even though they're going to project out for like a, a two point difference. So that's a potential pivot spot. We can talk about more when ownership starts to become more realized. We can talk about that more later on today. And then Jeremy Grant would be my only other interest from Detroit. I know Wayne Ellington's playing well, but I think there's value on other teams depending on what happens with injuries today. If none of that value opens up, sure, Wayne Ellington becomes in play. He's playing bigger minutes as of late. He's probably played the best five straight games of fantasy basketball, at least for us, that we've seen in quite some time out of Wayne Ellington, somebody who usually is not that active in in consecutive games but jeremy grant is just the main guy there at eighty four hundred dollars the problem with playing jeremy grant at eighty four hundred dollars now is his price point is looking very close to christian wood and anthony davis and deandre Ayton. even right he's he's less than he's more than deandre Ayton. all these guys who are centers um but the real ones christian wood and anthony davis guys who are going to be very much more secure producers right like you have jeremy grant averaging 1.14 fantasy points a minute but you have guys like christian wood and anthony davis above 1.3 so jeremy grant's in play but he's nowhere near a priority i expect his ownership not to be high and that's the main draw to maybe going to him next up you can go to golden state where steph's on the slate i assume steph as always picks up like average ownership on these types of slates price point at ninety seven hundred dollars probably keeps him somewhat suppressed but you have guys like kelly Oubre who on this second team now have been dominating kelly Oubre on the second team is getting his fantasy point production on DraftKings at least up 0.92 fantasy points per minute his usage rate is now above 20 percent and everything is coming up the assist percentage the overall rebounding rate if you're not familiar he's been running a lot with the second team now if you're gonna look they played on a back-to-back right so they played yesterday and kelly Oubre started the game pretty much as bad as you can and then he got benched because he ended up having two personal fouls and two turnovers offensive fouls right right away so then he got to play the whole second quarter basically with the second unit and then he kind of to play the whole entire fourth quarter so kelly uber if you're looking at his game log it was his best fantasy game of the season right 40 40 fantasy points but he only played 24 minutes because of foul trouble very early on literally in the first minute and a half of the game he ended up picking up two personal fouls and by the time halftime came around he had three personal fouls he started the third quarter off with a personal foul missed the entire third quarter right so that's the issue for him but he still was able to ball out on that second unit get a lot of his production in that second quarter but just in general he's playing with the second unit a lot more now they're kind of staggering his minutes with Steph staggering his minutes a little bit with Andrew Wiggins so he's able to have a lot more usage and be the commander of that second unit offense at $6,400 it was a very I would say fluky performance for the minutes that he played yesterday so if his ownership is going to come up since his price tag is coming up we can stay away from it but these production these minutes one and the production in these minutes are going to be more stable as long as he stays out of foul trouble and blowout zone too which is always something that's possible as they ended up doing the blowing out yesterday a 20 point lead late into that game against Minnesota but if the ownership is going to follow everything else that's increasing it's a way to get away from it and then James Wiseman is the second option here next to Mason Plumley. Again, I think James Wiseman will project out and look like the better play to Plumley. He's probably going to project for less minutes though, and he has a lot smaller or a lower floor, I would say. Like James Wiseman scoring 17 today, I think that J- Mason Plumley more times than not is not going to hit the floor that James Wiseman will just because of the minute security. Mason Plumley has the ability to play 28 plus, and we've seen that. You're basically hoping that James Wiseman gets you 24 for a good game out of him. Now Wiseman in that last game yesterday actually ended up coming off the bench, and he was playing just basically six minutes stints. He closed out every single quarter. They kind of controlled his minutes. He would play six minutes at the end of the first, second, third, and then he closed out the game in the final six minutes. So that's nice to see. Like if you can get that security, at least in his 24 minutes of play, even if it's coming off the bench, right? Running with the second unit, a little bit more usage with a guy like Kelly Oubre mainly out there. Wiseman and his 1.13 fantasy points per minute producer, right? He's a better player than Mason Plumlee this year for fantasy purposes, but the minutes actually matter there. So it's going to be close. Like if Wiseman today is going to come in on a four game slate at like 28% owned and Plumlee is just at like 13, 14% owned, that's a spot in your single entry lineup where you can start to pivot. But Wiseman for me right now, early on, if you're talking cash games or just optimal builds, I would prefer him over Plumlee just for that upside in the overall points. Let's scroll down now. We can get to some of these other games. And Houston's a tough one today because you're taking off DeMarcus Cousins and likely putting in who says that he's probably unexpected to play Christian Wood today. And DeMarcus Cousins is a better rebounder. He's a better passer. He's a similar usage player, right? He's a better fantasy performance producer just long-term than Christian Wood and also probably this year as well. So Christian Wood coming back in, if you're going to have DeMarcus Cousins passing a little bit more and there's going to be a little bit more, I would just say, spreading of the wealth, it's going to be more difficult for guys like David Nwaba to get there, especially at increased price points. So when I look at Houston today, 
play. John Wall, he's on a minutes limit, right? He only played 24 minutes in that last game. He likely had the ability to play like 25, 26, but that's a concern. So if the minutes limit doesn't come off, the $7,300 interest in John Wall, now his price tag's going down. He did shoot 20 plus times in that last game against his former team in Washington on yesterday, right? So he can still get there in this amount of minutes, especially if his ownership is low. So he's still in play for me. Christian Wood at $8,700 coming back in here. Yes, he's definitely in play, assuming that there's no uh, minutes limit on him, assuming that he's not limited to 28 minutes and he's going to play 30 to 32 minutes. I like that a good amount. Now, the way that Boogie Cousins has been playing, you might just see even if Christian Wood is healthy, he just plays 30 minutes and, and Cousins gets a little bit of a bump up to 18 or 20. Maybe they play alongside each other for a minute or two. I don't think that's likely going to be the case, but maybe now instead of Cousins getting 14 or, or 15 minutes a game and Christian Wood playing 30-32, well, now you're going to just see 28 to 30 at Christian Wood, and that's a concern that they start to give a little bit of a promotion because of his play to DeMarcus Cousins. And then all the other value options are just kind of priced up, right? Like you're going to have $4,200 PJ Tucker on the side of a slate. He'll probably get you four or 30. Like I have no interest in, in really trying to break down PJ Tucker's game. You know what it is, is he's knocking down his corner threes and that's about it. David Nwaba has been playing well over the last two to three games, but his price point is now up $1,300 from two date, two games ago. So it's not the same play. Ah, Sal, what do you mean? He scored like 25 and 30 points in his last couple of games. Okay. Well, if he's $3,800, I'd start to consider it. But when he's still averaging 0.7 fantasy points per minute overall in the season, when he's still averaging just a 15% usage rate so far this season, and both of those numbers start to drop when Christian Wood is actually on the court next to him, then yeah, it's tough to get there. I don't feel secure in him playing 32 minutes. I feel secure in him playing in like the mid, maybe upper 20s, but now his price point is up. So Houston's probably the least attractive team today because of some of the minutes limit guys on injuries and where the price points are now up on some other players. Like you can't play DeMarcus Cousins today off the bench at 7,200. You just can't do that if Christian Wood's going to be active. So I would say Wood's my favorite play from Houston and then John Wall after that. So we said it on this channel last time out that Reggie Jackson at 6,800 probably wasn't going to pick up ownership. He was going to be like single digit owned and he was, but that's probably not good, right? Because he played 20 minutes to close out that game once Pat Beverly got hurt and there was no other players. So you're looking at Reggie Jackson and you're saying he started alongside Terrence Mann and you're saying, okay, Reggie Jackson played massive minutes in that last game he's going to have to play massive minutes in this next game but for some reason nobody wants to play him because they just see Reggie Jackson's name with that big of a price tag and they're saying okay we don't want to be paying for Reggie Jackson when in reality he was a player that was going to be the starting point guard playing big minutes and probably seeing a 25 plus which he did 30 plus percent usage rate in that game and what happened in that game well he comes out he plays 39 minutes he closes out the entire fourth quarter playing the final 12 minutes of the game and now his price point only goes up $200 and yes they're going to be going from playing in that game the Atlanta Hawks to Miami but Miami might be down a lot of bodies and if that's the case it's just as good of an offensive matchup for Reggie Jackson. Now, six of his points were from steals and blocks, but that's when that's what's just going to happen when you're playing 39 minutes a game. He's ending up getting rebounds. He was ending up getting assists. The rebounds were something that was surprising to see, but he was playing bigger minutes. So if you can get 38 minutes again out of Reggie Jackson, if all these guys are going to miss again, which they're already ruled out for the Clippers, that starts to become really appealing. The price point only went up $200. I know some people will look at this and say, ah, 46.75 fantasy points is a ceiling for Reggie Jackson. Yeah, it probably is, but he played 39 minutes. So if he plays 36 plus minutes again, he doesn't have to get you 46.75. If he goes out there and get you at 35 to 38 fantasy points, that's fine at $7,000. So yes, Reggie Jackson is firmly in play yet again for a team that ran a nine-man rotation, one of them being Amir Coffey, who's really not somebody that I'm worried about a threat of cutting into other people's production. So basically running an eight-man rotation out there, Lou Williams seems to have some sort of minutes cap on him. Marcus Morris is like the only guy off the bench that I'm concerned about taking minutes away from the starters, and that probably wouldn't come at the expense of Reggie Jackson. It would more so come at the expense of probably Nicholas Batum and maybe Luke Kennard. So Reggie Jackson is firmly in play and probably my favorite play from the Clippers because then the overall uh, price bump up for Terrence Mann is a little bit concerning. Terrence Mann, again, played a lot of minutes in this game. Again, they don't have many bodies to just take over for Terrence Mann when all three of the guys that could be ball handlers for them, Kawhi, Patrick Beverly, and Paul George are all out. So Terrence Mann played 34 of the possible 48 minutes in that last game. He scored over 30 fantasy points, but he kind of did it all over the place. He only shot the ball eight times. That could come up if Reggie Jackson shot attempts of 16 go down. I wouldn't be shocked if it doesn't really move. Nine rebounds for Terrence Mann, though, seems to be somewhat of an outlier, right? So that's the concern here. He scores 31 fantasy points. He had 10 overall points. He had five personal fouls, but he just had to stay in four steals is another one here so this looks like somewhat of a fluky performance 
right? He got eight fantasy points just from steals alone yesterday, and he only had one assist and nine rebounds for a guard, right? So that's the concern. At $5,400, I mainly put him on the early interest sheet, not to say that I, I mean, I don't not like him, but not to say that I really love him, to just kind of caution you. So really, he should be in yellow on this sheet and just letting you know that Terrence Mann is a, is a caution play for watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast. At $5,400, a lot went his way in that last game. I mean, he came into that last game at $4,400, right? And he was $3,100 the game before that. Okay, now he's starting. He's getting bigger minutes. If he plays 30 minutes in this game or so, that's fine. But he's going to have to start to score like 18 real life points for him to get there because he's really more times than not, not going to be a rebound type of a player. And you can't bank on eight points from just steals and box, right? That's not going to happen again. So at 5,400, the price tag seems a little bit high because even if he goes out there in 32 minutes of play, and let's just say he goes and, and he gets you 15 real life points, he's going to have to do something else somewhere. And now he's priced at 5,400. So if he gets 24, 25 fantasy points, it's still not that great for you. So Terrence Mann, I question the overall ceiling out of him. He had those five personal fouls, but didn't lose any time. He just played kind of right through them. They kind of all came at beneficial times. If you can say that they came towards the end of the game, right? Just kind of picking up some tacky fouls, two tacky fouls in the final couple of minutes of the game. So that wasn't really anything. It's not like he was going to play 38 minutes in this game. He was going to play 34 minutes, basically either way. We head over to the Lake show now with LeBron James price point up and liking some other guys in that upper range. I could probably stay away from LeBron. They ended up losing a close one last night. You're getting a lot of teams on back-to-backs, a lot of teams making up for some COVID stuff. But Anthony Davis, again, the price point goes down. We liked Anthony Davis yesterday. We liked him a lot in the early video. It pays to be on that live stream, though, and ask questions because as the later projections on Patreon, which you can find down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. As my later and final projections started to get rolled out there, Nikola Vucevic jumped above Anthony Davis in my priorities yesterday, but I still had Davis because of his positionality and price point ahead of Joel Embiid for me in my projections. Now his price point drops. On Superdraft, he's not that great of a play. Just a 1x multiplier. I would stay away from him on the presenting sponsor of the show, Superdraft. But at $8,900 on DraftKings, the price point has dropped yet again. He's still looking good. And another competitive game yesterday, he closed out the game, played big minutes in the 35-minute range. And I mean, you're getting decent performances out of him. You're just not getting the ceiling, right? You're not getting the 14-rebound game out of him, right? He's having his points. In that last game, he scored 39 fantasy points. He had 23 real-life points in the game. He had eight rebounds. He's just not getting you that big game. He's not getting you that 14-rebound game or the double-double bonus hits. And he has you 47, 48 fantasy points instead if he picks up those extra couple of rebounds. And now the price point's dropping, so he just has to do less for you in general. He doesn't have to do as much for you in a nice matchup against Detroit. His matchup is against Mason Plumlee and Jeremy Grant today, right? So this matchup against Detroit looks very appealing. He's the only guy from the Lakers I like. Yes, there's a $4,000 KCP who on these shorter slates always looks decent because he plays like 24 minutes and you hope that he knocks down a couple extra three-pointers. Can't argue with you if you really want to get to LeBron. He'll grade out as a decent option. Dennis Schroeder's price point yesterday was just 5500 Now it's 5700 so still a relatively cheap price point on him, but that's about it. Anthony Davis would be my priority, then LeBron, KCP, and Dennis Schroeder after that if you're looking for anything else. If you want to go over to Phoenix now, Phoenix and Portland are where the rest of the value is going to come from on the slate. We already kind of talked about Phoenix. Look, Mikel Bridges shot 13 times in that game, only made three, shot six three-point attempts, only made one. He played 35 minutes. He's going to continue to play big minutes. If Devin Booker is in, yeah, it doesn't look as appealing, but he's still in play on this type of a slate. If Devin Booker is out, you also have no Dario Sarge to kind of play some of that three, four minutes where Mikel Bridges can slide down to the four at times. Then Mikel Bridges at $6,000 after having a poorest game yesterday, somebody that I have some interest in. DeAndre Ayim, he had the big rebound in the game, but he did basically nothing else after that. He did not have a good shooting game in general. He also just did not have a good volume game. He only had seven shot attempts. DeAndre Ayton in his previous games before that had 13, 14, 15, 14, 10, 10 shot attempts, right? So having seven shot attempts is the least shot attempts that DeAndre Ayton has seen dating back to December. So I believe that's the least that he's seen on the season. So that's definitely an outlier, but everything else looked decent in that game, right? He ended up having the 14 rebounds. He's not going to be a guy that gets you assists. He relies on scoring around 20 real life points. Well, if he scores 20 real life points in that game, you're getting the double double, you're getting 40 fantasy points, and you're getting him to pay off his salary from yesterday. Well, we could say the if if game all day. I'm just letting you know that yesterday's performance from him from just a volume standpoint was somewhat of an outlier. 
player. So DeAndre Ayton is back in play for me. This also assumes that there's no Devin Booker. The second Devin Booker, if he gets ruled in, I'll still have some interest in Bridges, but then my interest in Ayton and Chris Paul kind of evaporate. Otherwise, Chris Paul is my favorite play yet again from Phoenix. You saw it yesterday, having a big game. The assist percentage yesterday coming into yesterday was 49%. It basically kind of hung around there at 47%. He ended up picking up just five assists yesterday, but he ended up cashing in on a lot of his potential assists. 32 real life points, ended up having five rebounds. A good game for him on 21 shot attempts. Those 21 shot attempts, he had 20 shot attempts the game before that, but those 21 shot attempts are the most that we've seen out of Chris Paul this season. So I'd rank my priorities if Booker is out. Chris Paul, Bridges, and Aiton. After that, I would go like Crowder and Cam Johnson, 4A Crowder, 4B Cam Johnson. But if Booker is in, well, then it's it's not really too much interest. Booker is in if he's going to have his full minutes. I'd probably like Bridges and Booker somewhat. And then you can look at guys like Cam Johnson and Crowder just to kind of fill out your lineups. To close out the slate right now, we can look at Portland. Portland today, you're going to have no Robert Covington. You're going to have Rodney Hood returning to this game. And then that's basically it. You still have no use of Nurchits, no CJ McCollum. Derek Jones Jr. is also going to be probable after dealing with a questionable injury. Still no Zach Collins, which has been basically all season long. And if you're looking at your payup options on today's slate, if you just want to look, look at the most expensive players, you have Damian Lillard and then you have LeBron. And then the next most expensive players in the 9k range and it's Steph Curry you only have four guys due to the injuries to Kawhi Leonard and Paul George you only have four guys above $9,000 well we like Christian Wood right and then if you want to just look at the guys that you have today above basically $8,000 if Devin Booker and CJ McCollum already out but if Devin Booker was dismissed you got like six options above $8,000 in the slate it's a smaller slate yes but there's a lot of injuries up there it's about four or five guys injured so you're choosing if you want to pay all the way up basically between Steph LeBron James and Damian Lillard I'm going to be choosing Damian Lillard out of all those guys because there's still no use of Nurkic there's still no CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard with both those guys off the court in two in 20 minutes has a 32.5% usage rate has a 32% assist percentage and is averaging about 1.4 fantasy points per minute what that means is he's he's kind of he's a little bit less than LeBron LeBron's averaging like 1.45 fantasy points per minute he's basically averaging the same fantasy points per minute as Steph Curry but the minutes are the big thing Damian Lillard's minutes this season are on average a lot higher especially when the Lakers are now on the second night of a back-to-back yes but they're playing maybe the worst team in the NBA in Detroit but you're just getting way bigger minutes like you're getting these are his last couple games 39 35 36 43 36 42 40 right those are the games that you're getting where Steph Curry in good games is playing 35 whereas LeBron in good games is playing 35 those extra couple of minutes are really why I, I like Damian Lillard similar fantasy point producer as Steph pretty similar to LeBron just playing more minutes so Damian Lillard is the yes for me and his canter at $7,100 you're still getting a slight discount here 50 fantasy points in two out of his last four games still filling in for use of Nurchic and his canter in 197 minutes with no McCollum and Nurchic this season averaging 1.2 fantasy points per minute so yeah at a cheaper price point today I would prefer Ennis Cantor over DeAndre Ayton and that's even if you have no Devin Booker. So $700 less, like Aiton yesterday at 7300 compared to Cantor, I'd probably take Aiton. But now with this price difference, I'll take myself some Ennis Cantor at $7,100. There's a decent amount of decent centers on the slate. It's nice that Anthony Davis is power forward eligible if you wanted to play him and also get one of these other centers. Odds are, if you're playing it today, you're probably gonna have like a James Wiseman or a Mason Plumley. Maybe you play both and you get different that way, but you probably have one of those guys in and then you're choosing between like an Aiton and Ennis Cantor, one of these other centers on the slate. You probably go two centers today. Cantor having a 30% defensive rebounding rate. Also a pretty nice assisting big man relatively, right? in that 10% range, 10 and a half, 11% double digit assist is pretty good. And then Carmelo Anthony, who started and finished and he closed that last game out playing 35 minutes, still no Robert Covington. So it's nice to see Carmelo Anthony in 188 minutes without use of Nurchich or CJ McCollum, averaging a pretty healthy 0.92 fantasy points per minute and a 25% usage rate. Now with no Robert Covington, the minutes are probably going to be 30 plus, probably going to project Melo for around 30 to 32 minutes. And he's going to look good at 5,600. There's not that many guys in this mid five range that stand out as nice plays today. I assume that Melo is going to pick up ownership because of that. I assume that Terrence Mann picks up some ownership 
and I'd rather play Melo. But then I also think that McCall Bridges, because Melo's right next to him, starts to become lower owned. So Melo at 5,600 starts to look like the cash and very optimal play. We'll see how high that ownership becomes because of just his production this year, his usage, and now his minutes increasing. But McCall Bridges could be an interesting play as a bounce back candidate. Outside of that, Melo's probably my favorite guy in that five and six K range on today's slate. After that, I would put McCall Bridges. And then after that, you're probably looking at guys like Kelly Oubre and guys like Andrew Wiggins. But thank you for tuning into the four game slate show. Hope you got smacked with as much information as possible. If you want to support me down below on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore veteran underscore. It's not just supporting. It's not just charity. It's a bunch of stuff over there. Projections, rankings, tools, ownership for specific sports as well. And even more content going over there. So you can check all that out. And if you want to support the sponsor of the show, Superdraft, Superdraft is linked down below, letting you know that if you use the code Sal, S-A-L, they will give you a free money bonus up to $1,000 whiskeys. We'll be live at 4 p.m. East Coast time, gang. And then we'll also have a live stream tonight at 7 p.m. for MMA Q&A with Mayan Preet, MMA Lotan, Lock of the Night. So thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you all a ton. And I'll see you later on at 4 p.m. So hit that notification bell. Appreciate you and enjoy the rest of your day.